there's an idea that in Christianity in general, somehow women are repressed, which has always been a fascinating concept to me because in his lifetime on earth, Jesus was seen as incredibly open towards women and far different from the society of his time in interacting with women. And yet, somehow now, Christians who have the tradition that was started by Jesus for their religious faith see that tradition as being repressive to women. And you have this similar kind of thing with uh, Latter-day Saint Christian people as well, and, and LDS women in particular. Earlier in the LDS faith, Latter-day Saints were seen as incredibly open towards women, and now somehow repressive. It's a bit ironic. In 1869, the Utah legislature was the very first in the country, and in fact, the very first in the world on any kind of a widespread basis to give women the general right to vote. The acting governor at the time, Governor Mann, who was appointed by Washington, D.C., was reluctant but finally signed the bill into law the next year in 1870. Who was pushing for women to have the right to vote in Utah? Brigham Young and the Latter-day Saint men were. And that is something that the church never gets credit for. It was several years later, in 1872, that Susan B. Anthony was arrested for trying to vote in the town of Rochester, New York. She was fighting her battle in New York, which she did not win at that point in time, several years after the battle had been won by women in Utah, and there wasn't even really a fight. That's something that Brigham Young and church leaders espoused. Nevertheless, you're not going to see Brigham Young's picture on a coin or, or the president of the Relief Society of the LDS Church on a coin like you see Susan B. Antony's face on the gold dollar showing that somehow uh, she is the one who was this pusher this mover, the shaker, in the beginnings of, of women's rights. Somehow, Latter-day Saints don't get that credit. Susan B. Anthony, in fact, came out to Utah several times and met with the leaders of the Mormon Relief Society to find out how they got that kind of authority and power, the right to vote. It was quite a few years later, as a matter of fact, about 50 years later, in 1920, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, the Susan B. Antony Amendment was ratified, giving women the right to vote everywhere in the United States. The great state of California uh, jumped along the bandwagon 40 years after Utah did in 1911. Uh, so Utah was certainly at the forefront. The church was at the forefront. And so how is it that now, today... Women in the LDS faith are seen as repressed because they don't hold a priesthood. Well, it's because there are 
things that were wanted back then that were appropriate, there is absolutely nothing wrong with voting. Uh, and there's something a little bit different. There's something a little bit different from that when one tries to say there is no difference at all between men and women. And as a matter of fact, anyone who's older than about the age of three or four, by looking around them, can readily discern the differences between men and women. And when one fails to recognize those differences, one does a disservice to all, because then neither men nor women are able to have any specialized training, any specialized roles, have their strongest talents and abilities fostered and encouraged. Instead, they are told that they must be like everyone else. That does not seem to make too much sense. And in fact, if we go back to the role model of Christianity, we find Jesus, who, as we described earlier, looked upon women quite differently from others of his day, just as the LDS Church did when it allowed women the right to vote and encouraged that to happen. Christ thought women were wonderful. He spent a great deal of time with them. He did not see them as property the way people of his era did. However, he recognized the differences between men and women. You don't have to look too far to see that when he called his 12 apostles, he didn't call six men and six women, which is the kind of thing that would have been pushed in today's society, he chose those who were appropriate for that particular task. And when Joseph Smith formed the Relief Society Association within the church, one will notice that he also did not choose six men and six women. He chose only women because that society was geared towards those tasks and abilities that are most prevalent amongst women. We somehow have a situation that, that has uh, a degree of irony to it when we find that in several recent polls, when asked if women should be given the priesthood in the LDS faith, uh, 90% of LDS women said they didn't think that was such a good idea. Only 10% thought the priesthood should be given to women. When the same question was asked of LDS men, 52% uh, thought it was not a good idea. 48% thought it was okay. And so, ironically, women who understand the context in which women's roles and abilities are fostered within the church find the status quo to be quite 
enlightened. We'll be back with more on the subject. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. We have been talking during our first segment about women and the priesthood within the LDS faith. And uh, mostly from a historical context about Christianity and about historical context as it pertains to the LDS faith, but a little bit about why those things are um, brought to the fore today in terms of people who question the current role of women within the LDS faith. Incidentally, if you'd like to send me an email on this subject, if you have a question or comment, or there's something you would like to discuss, frankly, about this or any other topic dealing with religion, send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com. I'll be happy to respond. So to recap from our last segment, we mentioned the fact that there are some women in in different groups within the LDS Church today that are pushing for the idea that women should have the priesthood. And a number of them at the last LDS conference tried to gain admittance to the priesthood session. Now, one would wonder if those same women were protesting outside of the uh, Relief Society session for the admittance of men on the idea of fairness. I, I somehow have have missed that. Um, so it isn't so much the idea of exact equality that they want. I, I've never seen the push to have men as part of the Relief Society. We've only seen the push to have women as part of the priesthood. I wonder why that would be. I think it stems from this prevalent notion within society today that somehow women are oppressed unless they are treated exactly like men. An idea that seems quite foolish to anyone who thinks about it with any detail because blurring the distinctions between men and women and their abilities and their roles and their talents I think does a grave disservice to both. And that's not something that a vote or a change in policy or somehow willing it to change will ever affect. There have been literally thousands of scientifically rigorous studies that show that men and women are hardwired in a different manner. And by that, I mean they think and act differently because they were born a man or born a woman. The gist of some of these differences, I, 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 could, I could go into uh, great length about some of the details, but if we just toss out the basic conclusions, we, we find that there are some basic differences, such as throughout life, women tend to struggle with their emotions and, and how to appropriately uh, bridle their emotions and um, act or not act on them appropriately. Men tend to struggle with uh, lust or desire 
and how to bridle that specific emotion and use it appropriately. These are fundamental basic differences between men and women as scientific research has shown. Also, the way men and women communicate is quite differently. Women, uh, studies have shown, communicate about what they are thinking, about what they are feeling, so that those around them will understand what is going on in their mind. Men, on the other hand, tend to not speak unless they are trying to make a specific important point. Now, there are certainly general exceptions on both sides of that, but that is the way that men and women are typically hardwired. There are differences in the way they think, differences in the way they feel, differences in the emphasis of the way they approach life. Men typically will tend to take a tough line, a hard stance, and say, gut it out, be tough. And women, studies have shown, will tend to try to be far more helpful and kind and considerate. And those are the basic hardwiring differences. And it's incidentally those basic differences combined together which make typical households with men and women so incredibly valuable for children. When you have single parent families that lose the nurturing aspects of women or that lose the be tough, be strong in appropriate situations, ideas that they can get from a father figure, then something has been lost to young boys, to young girls. And that is the reason why the family and the combination of men and women within a married household and family is so very important to society. Something that has been largely seen as less important in society today. So let's take a a look for just a minute at the traditional roles of women within the LDS faith, within the Christian faith, and where that ultimately will go. Without mentioning something inappropriate, I can say that if anyone has been through the LDS temple, they will understand that at some point in time and in some way, Women will certainly have priesthood authority, and in some ways they do. Today, women officiate in LDS temples, and they do so by delegation of authority of priesthood. When the Relief Society was formed, it was formed by ordination from Joseph Smith. And so there are aspects of women and their traditional roles in the LDS faith and in the eternities according to LDS temple uh, rituals and beliefs that would show that women 
participate and actually have priesthood authority and power at some point in the future. And so then the real question becomes, when does that happen? And those who are pushing for that within the LDS faith want it now. According to the revelations of God, that will happen at some point in the future, according to the temple rituals. Now, some point to the historical um, change in policy, which gave blacks the priesthood, and say, well, if, if, if that's appropriate, why should women not have the priesthood? Here is the distinction, and it should not be lost on anyone. Those who are black men have the same hardwiring, the same abilities, the same talents as any other men. And having a policy reversed that kept priesthood from them uh, is something that I, for one, find wonderful that it has been changed. That's a distinction that is not really applicable to women with, within the church. Women have wonderful roles. If you look at the history of the Relief Society and their abilities and, and blessings that have been given, they are wonderful and they are profound. And they are very much adapted and a restoration of those talents and abilities that were found within the early Christian church as fostered by Jesus and the apostles and the early church leaders. And frankly, that's about all we have time for today on women and priesthood within the LDS faith. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Join me again next week right here on KSL.